Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner... From the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan. And Biden is alone. Americans really aren't happy with his vice president, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris has an approval rating of 28%, which is makes no sense because she basically has nothing to do. I mean, it's like <laughs> criticizing a backup quarterback. Tom Brady is okay. I don't love the way Blaine Gabbert has his legs folded on the bench. I have to be honest. Kamala's approval rating uh, of 28% is even lower than the 30% who approved of Dick Cheney in 2008 after he shot a guy in the face. I think these people are forgetting that at least 10% of of those polled approved of Dick Cheney because he shot a guy in the face. Wow, and we're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, but I asked Ryan to play that coming back because it is so significant that Kamala Harris at 28%, when she is in line to sometime much sooner than later become president of the United States of America. So we've talked about that before. We will again, but wanted to make sure that was on your radar. The reason we're talking about Rittenhouse today is, first, it's turned into a very interesting trial. Uh, But beyond that, the bigger meaning, and it's very relevant to lots of people here in our Colorado listening audience, is, you know, this very, very scary prospect of more and more politically motivated prosecutors. And I'm sure if you looked hard enough, you could find one on the right sometime in recent American history. But I think that's very rare. It is becoming a key playbook page of the left. These obviously politically motivated prosecutors, sometimes in the charges they bring, and it's beginning to look like Rittenhouse was one of those, as that prosecution appears to be falling apart, but most often in the charges they don't bring. As in, I mean, look at Denver under lefty Beth McCann. You know, when you have this, this widespread lawlessness And very often, people undercharged or not charged at all. Not in every case, but in way, way too many. And so, very dangerous phenomena. Let's go back to our jammed lines as we continue to bring you sound from the Rittenhouse trial today. 855-405-8255 when a line opens. Let's go to John in Loveland. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome, John. Hey, Dan. It's actually Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I want to make a couple. I want to make a couple of points, if I could, please, if time permits. I want to say something about the prosecutor, but I want to ask you this. I know you had mentioned that your information on this is limited, and that's not meant to be derogatory or anything like that. But I'm curious. Do you you think that was a situation of anarchy in Wisconsin on that night or that week? Yes. So I guess my question to you is, when do we stand up as a society against that anarchy? I think it's politically motivated that the police hands are tied and they're not allowed to deal with this stuff. I think it comes from the powers above the rank and file. 
you're 1,000% correct. 1,000% correct so, about all of that. So I've been following this since I, I recall when it happened. I, I've been following it since. I've been following the the trial today, too. And and um, in regards to the prosecutor, I think it's, it's my personal opinion, but I think it's actually embarrassing. I think the prosecutor is leading him. I think he's putting words in his mouth. I think the young man is standing up pretty solid, and I believe that is all politically motivated to prevent these anarchists from doing the same thing if they don't get what they want. So I just come back to the same thing. When do we stand up and stop it? Well, great question. It great question. And, and we had a great caller from Colorado Springs earlier who disagreed with my premise. And understand, for those kind enough to just join us, here's where I come down in 10 seconds or less. I think it was crazy, insane, wrong for Rittenhouse to go there to begin with. But from everything I've been able to see lately, because I have not been dialed into this case, it looks like he was acting in self-defense and that it's a politically motivated prosecution. So getting to your point, my friend, here's where I draw the line, okay? Elections have consequences. You elect Polis, you elect Hancock. They order law enforcement to stand down. Polis flees and hides, turns the capital over to the mob. Hancock won't let police do their job most of the time. Do we have a right at that point to say, just broadly, that, okay, they're not doing their job, and so I get to go down there and act as law enforcement? I don't think we have that right, generally speaking. I think elections have consequences. Now, is there an exception? Yes, obviously. If, if you or me or anybody else finds ourselves in a situation where all of a sudden that the life or safety, imminent serious bodily injury or death of you, a loved one, some third party is occurring, you have absolutely every right to take action in that situation to preserve that human life. If somebody's about to light a home on fire that has people living inside, you know, I think you have a right to act on that. To me, my friend, there's a big bright line between that kind of situation and just saying, okay, you know what, Amy? Uh, obviously, Hancock and Polis won't let law enforcement defend us. I'm going downtown to defend the Capitol myself. I think it would be wrong for me to do that. What do you think? What about this, for example? What about the police department in Minneapolis that was burned down? Do we let them do that? Do we let them just have that? Oh, the police great department question. didn't stand up. They yeah. let it. They let it burn down. When do we, as yeah. citizens, stop these fools? Well, great, great question. Great question. And, and here, I think, my friend, is the key distinction. And I'd really love to get your take on it. If if I happened, if I just happened to be in the area when something like that happens they're trying to kill a bunch of police officers um, you absolutely have a right and i would say a duty to go to the defense of those officers and try to save them you betcha the question is if if you and if if i are sitting on our couch somewhere and and we hear that there's this mob that's downtown they're attacking the capital or use your example attacking the police station do we have the right at that point to get off our chairs and to go down there and act as law enforcement in that situation? Now, again, I think it's situational. If somebody told me there's an attack on the police station, they're trying to burn to death these officers, the mayor says he won't defend the officers, hell yes. I'm grabbing my gun and I'm heading down there to try to save the officers. Okay. Bet. If, oh, if, the report, okay, so if the report is there's a mob and they're attacking the Capitol, and they're going to burn down the Capitol, 
and Polis has run and fled, which he did, in that situation, that's where I would draw the line and say, hey, they're not about to take human life. So that's in striking my balance where I would where I would feel that I'd be overstepping to go down and act as law enforcement. Okay, so my answer is to that is this, and, and I, I stand to be corrected, right or wrong. My basis is the love of my country. I cannot let these people take over my country. And if I need to stand up and sacrifice my life to do it, I know that sounds extreme, but if that's what I need to do to save my country, that's what I'm going to do, Dan, all day long. Oh, no. Hey, hey, I hear you. And I know there are lots of people listening who agree with you. I think the only question is where you draw that line. Because if, if well, I just you go can't, down... I, I can't, I can't, yeah. Forgive me. So property damage, I can't allow for example. These, I can't allow these anarchists to take over our country. Look what they did in Washington. Look what they've done in Washington or in Oregon, Washington, Oregon, California. Look what they've done. When do we stand up? I watch this. There's no doubt in my mind that this kid was defending himself. I've seen these videos over and over and over again. Okay. And I challenge anybody to say if they weren't armed that they would do the same thing. You're getting beaten with a, with a skateboard. You have somebody of approaching you with a loaded handgun pointed at you. Yeah. You have somebody cornering you. You know what? You have a right to defend yourself. Yeah. John, appreciate the call, my friend. Thank you. Really that. appreciate the call. Thank you for laying out your case so well. And again, the reason I strike the balance where I do, defending innocent human life and saving it from destruction at the hands of a mob versus do I substitute myself for law enforcement when the powers that be have wrongly ordered law enforcement to stand down, as Polis and Hancock did, in allowing the Capitol to be desecrated the way it was. Do I substitute myself for law enforcement when it is a property crime and no human life is in danger? The reason I say no when it's property damage and no human life in danger is because I'm trying to strike that balance when it comes to loving my country. I'm trying to strike that balance between recognizing that, hey, we've got a system in place. We elect people in a high office. If you elect people like Polis and Hancock in the high office who are going to get let the mob run wild, elections have consequences. I draw the line. If that mob's about to kill somebody, I'm stepping in and I'm going to help no matter what Polis and Hancock say if they've ordered the cops to stand down. Property damage, that's where I say, you know, love of country also includes respecting our laws and rule of law, even when I don't like what the elected officials are doing. So I understand those who disagree with me. I'm just telling you where I strike the balance. But if there's a human life at stake, imminent serious bodily injury or death, I'm going to do what I have to do to save that life no matter what. 855-405-8255, the number. Let's do this. Uh, other passionate callers await more sound from the trial. Let's tee them all up. Back in a flash on the Dan Kaplis Show. Oh my goodness, this Kyle Rittenhouse trial is taking on a life of its own in a really important moment in America. I mean, you've heard the callers to this show uh, uh, talking about, you know, in a very articulate, passionate way, how they would do the same thing Kyle Rittenhouse did. 
And, and where I come down on this is, hey, I think he was reckless and stupid to go at 17 years old from Antioch, Illinois, to Kenosha, Wisconsin, into the middle of a riot, carrying an AR-15, which he was not legally entitled to carry. He's 17. At the same time, from what I've seen so far, he should not be on trial for these serious charges. He should not be on trial for homicide-based charges, because from what I've seen so far, he was acting in self-defense. So this appears to be a politically motivated prosecution. And these politically motivated lefty prosecutors are really threatening America in a way we have not been threatened before both through what they charge, but more often what they don't charge. In other words, lefties don't get charged for all sorts of stuff others would, and for all sorts of stuff they have to be charged with if we're going to have a stable society. So that's where I come down. Love your thoughts. 855-405-8255. Thanks to Ryan. We have some great sound from the trial today. Ryan, do you have a personal favorite Oh, man. I have a Every, long list ahead of me, but do you have a personal favorite from the trial? Uh, one that we haven't played yet, maybe. Uh, the judge and the prosecutor really getting into it. They dismissed the jury for this. And again, your legal expertise having been in these situations, uh, if you can give any kind of uh, relating story, that would be great. But this one right here, I think, really uh, brings it all to a head. This would be cut number nine. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that. And it gives, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. So I don't know what you're up to. Wow, that Ryan, that is so huge. And again, I don't do criminal. I do catastrophic injury. But I've covered live in the courtroom some of the biggest criminal cases in modern history in America. And I've, I've got a pretty good instinct for those cases. That's extraordinary, Ryan. And, and what the prosecutor did, starting a cross-examination by alluding to, you know, Rittenhouse exercising his, his right to remain silent, I I am, as an earlier commentator said, I'm a little bit surprised the court didn't just dismiss all the charges then and there because the court could declare a mistrial with prejudice. And don't think for a second that because the court has not yet dismissed the case that the court won't. Because there are some times, and, and it's so unusual to hear a court get that angry in that way, and that was not in front of the jury, obviously, but to get that angry in that way, and and it was in front of much of America. So don't rule out the possibility, right, that the court is is intending to dismiss charges and is now working on an order, because if you're the judge and you're thinking of just dismissing this case, you want to make sure you're bulletproof on appeal. So you would go back and you would put your order together and you'd make sure you have all the cases cited that you want to cite and and, and more critically for the court, you know, be citing all the facts that you want to cite. So, yeah, don't assume at this point that the court is is going to 
let this go to the jury. And definitely want to get your response to this follow-up, Dan, because it falls right into the category, you know, jokingly people say, you know, don't ask for permission, ask for forgiveness after the fact. That's exactly what the prosecutor did right here. I apologize, Your Honor. You're right. I probably should have brought this to your attention earlier. I may have misunderstood your ruling because I thought your ruling was if the evidence in this case made that more relevant you would admit it or at least consider it as an admittance. I believe, based on the evidence that we've heard and more specifically exactly what the defendant said earlier about admitting pointing a gun at someone who was merely jumping or sitting on a car, that the door is open now to this testimony. And I continue to believe that his state of mind, his intent, his belief as to self-defense is the core of this case. That was the basis for my motion. You were strongly inclined against it. I understand that. But now we're in the middle of trial, and there's been a lot of evidence that's come in that I think makes this relevant. So I'm attempting to impeach the defendant on his beliefs. I believe I'm entitled to impeach the defendant on his beliefs and on his statements. You know why that's the biggest lie you've heard today? Maybe in your entire life. Why is that? Clearly the biggest lie. Because the way it works is everywhere, every lawyer knows this from day one in a courtroom, let alone this experienced prosecutor. If you think things have changed so that now you can get in something the judge said you could not, then you know what you do? Of course. You say, Your Honor, may we approach. And you approach the bench outside the hearing of the jury and you say, Judge, I think that the witness has opened the door to this line of questioning that you prohibited before trial. And then the other side has his say and the judge decides. So for this prosecutor to say, oh, he unilaterally on his own made a decision that things have changed. So now he can get into that. That is simply unbelievable. And I think does a lot to explain the judge's righteous anger here, man. I, I, you know, that kind of stuff, Ryan, I, w- I wouldn't be at all surprised if the judge threw it out. Yeah, and this is what he, five. real yeah. quick, this is what he followed it with. This is what we played earlier, too. So before why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the Don't defense testimony. Don't get brazen with me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get brazen with me, well, he says. And it's rare to hear a judge say something like that. But in that context, I admire the judge for his self-restraint as well. Because what the judge is really saying there is that is what I just said. That's a total lie, because every courtroom, that's what people do. Your Honor, may we approach, and you discuss it outside the hearing of the jury, and you let the judge decide. Also tells me this prosecutor is really getting desperate, and and I can see why, based on how many mistakes he's made and and what the evidence appears to be, which is strongly in favor of self-defense. Come back to our jam lines. More sound from trial on the Dan Kaplan Show. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey, so glad you're here tonight. We're talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, something we've not talked about before. But for me, at least, it's because it was just so sad. A 17-year-old whose life appeared to be overcharged with these various forms of homicide charges. And and in my view, just wrong to be there to begin with. But that doesn't mean he committed murder. And we've seen the prosecution case appear to fall apart during the course of the trial, raising the question, is this another politically motivated prosecutor, which is a very dangerous thing for us here in Colorado, where we have some quite clearly, as well as around America. You know, very few things are as dangerous to you and your family and your community as a politically motivated prosecutor, because a prosecutor can destroy you or anybody else in an instant with a false charge. Doesn't matter if they then don't bring it to trial, if you win a trial, whatever. They can destroy you just with the jacket, just with the false charge. They can also undermine your quality of life by refusing to charge criminals, i.e. what we saw in Denver where there was a lot of non-prosecution and under-prosecution of the mobs that Hancock and Polis turned the city over to uh, during the so-called protests, which were too often riots. So one way or the other, politically motivated prosecutors are very toxic to your life. Is that what we have in the Rittenhouse trial? So thanks, Ryan. We have a lot of sound from the trial. Great callers as well. 855-405-8255, the number. A quick note. Uh, We've had some tremendous callers who disagree with me on whether Rittenhouse should have been there. I say he should not have been there for the reasons I've laid out. They make a compelling case that he and they have a right to go defend innocent communities when lefty politicians order law enforcement to stand down. So we've got that issue going as well right now, which you're welcome to chime in on. 855-405-8255, the number. Uh, Let's go back to the phone lines. How about Steve in Larkspur? You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome. Hi, Dan. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, one thing that I remembered also while I was on hold is let's not forget about our uh, Summer of Love shooter, Matt Dolliff, uh, Kyle uh, Clark's uh, bodyguard. Um, haven't heard much about that. But anyway, um, I agree with you. If Kyle's my son, he doesn't go. And if he does go, um, the charges that he's facing now are nothing compared to what he would face you know, coming home. My question, though, is I hear the charges about it it being illegal for him to have that weapon. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's illegal in Wisconsin. Um, It wasn't illegal. I don't know. Not even I'd like to hear proof on that, because certainly in Illinois, certainly in Illinois. But I don't know if it's illegal in Wisconsin. It it is my friend at, at that age. Well, you can have a a shotgun in Ohio when you're 12 years old. So I I, I think, yeah, I think it was the AR-15 thing. Okay. Well, I think, but but that is definitely, yeah, yeah. The the charge would have been dismissed prior to trial. If if that was, I can't believe that he would have gone if he'd known he was carrying an illegal weapon. I, I, I think that is suspect to me, but it would be right. Oh no, my friend, you may be right in the sense that maybe he didn't realize it was illegal, but he he is still going to be convicted on that charge 
unless the court just throws everything out, because for the reasons we've discussed earlier and others that commentators have speculated on, this is one of those rare cases where, where you might see the court throw some of these charges out for prosecutorial misconduct. Hey, Peter, thank you for the call, man. Really do appreciate that. Lines are jammed, trying to get everybody in. Oh, that was Steve. Oh, my bad. Let's go to Peter then. That would only be fair, right? Peter in Denver, you're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome. <laughs> hey, Dan, how you doing? Living the dream. Okay, I have a question. I've been watching the uh, trial on and off during the afternoon, and I just turned you on. And I was—that was the question I was going to ask. What's with this DA? Now this guy—he's an ADA, yeah. obviously, right? He's not DDA. Now, what's the, but he gets hired by the DA. Now, what's mm-hmm. the deal with the DA in uh, in that city? Well, there. from what I, you know, what well, I thank about you. I, oh, I don't know a darn thing about the DA there, my friend. I judge him by his actions. And from everything right. I've seen, this is a prosecution which should not have been brought. It appears to be a politically motivated prosecution to me. And, and that right. should that's worry I everybody. I was watch- yeah, that's what I was thinking when I was watching this guy. Yeah. Uh, and just, uh, politically motivated. I'm just uh, wondering about the, the, the head DA. If yeah. These, um, what they call Soros DAs. Yeah, you know, I'm going to look further into him now, but I can tell you, and thank you for the call, Peter, I want to try to get everybody in. I can tell you just based on the actions we see, I, it, whether this guy's a Soros guy or not, this guy could be a conservative for all I know. It wouldn't matter to me. What, what I see right now is a politically motivated prosecution. And what I see is a prosecutor acting way, way, way out of bounds for the reasons we've documented earlier. And more importantly, the judge has said was way, way, way out of bounds in very big ways, too. So, yeah, everybody should be very concerned about this prosecution. Now, do, do I think Rittenhouse was reckless and stupid for going up there? I do. Some other callers have passionately and articulately disagreed. But, but you know, he's not on trial for being stupid or reckless. He's on trial for allegedly killing and maiming people. And it appears to me to be a solid self-defense case. 855-405-8255, the number. How about Monument, Colorado? Joe, you're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome. Hey, Dan. I'd like to correct you on something. Good. Um, Imagine a kid drives from Castle Rock up to Waterworld to work as a lifeguard, and yep. I-70 is the state line. Okay? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Kyle Rittenhouse was driving from Antioch up mm-hmm. to Kenosha, and he went to work as a lifeguard at a Kenosha pool. Sure, sure. Afterwards, he went and helped clean up other stuff, and then finally, he went downtown and worked as a medic. Mm-hmm. Um, so he didn't just drive up to Kenosha to get in the middle of a riot. The kid had a job up there. Yeah. And I think that's a point that you're missing in how you emphasize things. Um, I still think you're right. I think he's going to get in trouble over a 17-year-old with an AR. There is a 17-year-old clause that I have looked at in the Wisconsin law. And if he's if he is monitored by an adult... He could legally carry it, but it's more like out hunting and not downtown. So I think that's going to be an issue. But more than that, the kid that bought the AR for Kyle may still, after all, especially if Rittenhouse gets off. I believe you're going to see the federal DOJ jump in with a straw man purchase on both Rittenhouse and the kid that bought the gun. And I think that's where his risk 
is right now. Yeah, and you're going to have some double jeopardy issues there. Hey, man, appreciate the call. You make fair points. Thank you for all of those. Again, to me, the reason I'm so critical of Rittenhouse is crossing state lines, or let's say it was intra-state. It's the AR-15. It's it's the carrying the AR-15 that I think was, in this situation, just stupid and reckless. So, listen, hey, hey I, I carry. I believe in the right to self-defense. I'm just talking about this scenario. Does that make him guilty of these charges? No, from what I can see right now, other than carrying underage, I think he's likely innocent of these other charges. I think it's likely a politically motivated prosecution. 855-405-8255, the number. Scott in Windsor, you're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Welcome. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, look, I'm really disappointed that you started off this discussion and colored it with the opinion that, that you thought he was stupid and reckless. I mean, isn't that in, of, in and of itself exactly what happens with political prosecutions? The things he did that was nothing illegal, the things that you, you're saying he did that were stupid and reckless were not illegal. And that's what the discussion should be about. Why do you have to... To, to start off the color of it because you think it was reckless and loose. And that is your opinion. I don't. Yeah, yeah, fair question, my friend. The reason I started that way is because we have two big things to discuss here. First, the legal piece. Is he guilty of murder? I say from what I've seen, no, and it appears to be a politically motivated prosecution. Then we have the other, you know, really important issue of when is it okay for us to go and, and substitute ourselves for law enforcement. And and so that's where at 17, uh, carrying a weapon he was not legally entitled to carry into a riot situation, I think was stupid and reckless, but that doesn't make him guilty of murder. Hey, if you want to continue it, I have to hit this hard break, but you're, you're welcome to fire back after the break. You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. Wow, so important to talk about this. Talking about the Rittenhouse trial and the evidence that, that's mounting of two very important things. First, this appears to be self-defense. Second, it appears to be a, a politically motivated prosecution with prosecutorial misconduct on top of that. So this is a remarkable moment. 855-405-8255, the number. We have sound from the courtroom that, that is so unusual. This is not the sort of thing you normally hear in courtrooms. Ryan, let's get a little of that sound, please. How about um, cut 13, please? He knows if you're going to go into something that's been excluded in a pre-trial order, you better attorney. ask the court, you better get permission. This is ridiculous. It, you was, know, it wasn't excluded, Your Honor. You know why it was excluded in the first place? Because it's, it was propensity evidence. That is exactly what 90404 is designed to prevent. You're talking about his attitudes. His attitude is he this wants is to judge people. talking. Now, I've admitted that kind of evidence in other trials when it's been appropriate. I didn't admit it in this case because, to me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, 
I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. Yeah, and now the judge continues, and and when the judge tells him, don't get brazen with me, understand, in the context of a courtroom, that's unusual. Cut 14. So why? Testimony, Your Honor. Pardon me? That was before the don't defense testimony. Don't get brazen with me. Uh, uh, you knew very well. You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. That's number one. Number two, this is propensity evidence. I said at the time that I made my ruling, and I'll repeat again now for you, I see no similarity between talking about wishing you had your AR gun, which you don't have, so that you could take fire rounds at these uh, thought-to-be shoplifters, and the incidents in these cases, which are not... There's nothing in your case that suggests the defendant was lying in wait to shoot at somebody or reflecting upon the shooting for a vast amount of time. Yeah, and what the judge was getting so angry about there is the judge had ruled before trial, this other stuff doesn't come in. You know, where Rittenhouse before had talked about fantasizing about shooting shoplifters with an AR. That doesn't come in. And then the prosecutor was going there. And then the prosecutor said, well, judge, I think the evidence has changed. And the reason the judge got so mad, he used brazen. I think what he would have loved to have said was the full BS word, because every lawyer knows if you think things have changed and the door's been open to you now introducing this topic or evidence, you've got to approach the judge first outside the presence of the jury and tell the judge that and try to get the judge to change his or her mind. So that was pure BS from this prosecutor. He cheated. He knew he was cheating. He did it anyway. Now, that tells me he's really desperate, but that's why the judge is so angry. And, and you know, I, hey, nobody would blame the judge for just throwing the case out at this point. Real just quick, dismissing right here, Dan, the charges. Uh, yeah. th- this from the prosecutor, this exchange, which is jaw-dropping from the judge. So I didn't interpret your ruling as this is absolutely never coming in. <laughs> I have practiced before you, Your Honor. I have filed other actions, motions before you. Your practice oftentimes is to reserve ruling on those until you see the evidence. And I think you even said something to that effect. At our I undoubtedly did. So I thought this is my good faith explanation right. to you. Right. And if you want to yell at me, you can. My good faith feeling this morning after watching that testimony was you had left the door then open a little bit. The bench. Now we had something new, and I was going to probe it. I don't believe you. <laughs> it better not be another incident. I'll take the motion under advisement. Oh, man. Um, and you can respond. Um, wow. One more here. When you say that, that you were acting in faith, good faith, I don't believe that, okay? Wow. Let's proceed. Everybody in good faith. All right. Wow. Wow. I, I'm just telling you, 38 years in a court. I mean, I don't do criminal work. I, I do catastrophic civil injury work, but I've covered some of the biggest criminal trials in modern history, you know, for the networks and locals. And uh, it, that is so rare to have a judge just say on the record like that, even in an empty courtroom, in a case that the public isn't aware of. I don't believe you. So and he's right to say that he's right to say that. The question is, will he dismiss the charges now for prosecutorial misconduct when the court is appropriately on the record saying, I don't believe you, Mr. Prosecutor. 
And the court is so angry appropriately because the misconduct goes to something really important, fundamental to a defendant's rights. Wow. I would not be surprised if you saw some charges dismissed. Hey, did our good friend Scott, who is disagreeing with me, hang around? I hope so. No, I think he's gone, Dan. We Scott got is gone. 40 okay. seconds left. Oh, sorry. Apologies to callers who didn't get through. Ryan, thanks for pulling all that great sound. Please hold on to it because we'll have more sound tomorrow. We'll have the latest on the Rittenhouse trial tomorrow. And so much here is extraordinary and has an impact way beyond this particular defendant. But this defendant matters. And, and he's the target of prosecutorial misconduct. And, you know, I don't say that often, but it's true here. Adeline, thanks for your help. Hey, hope you join us tomorrow at 4 on the Dan Kaplan Show. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.